Listen, we've, we've been asked a question. There's Declan Boyle. He says, can you leave whiskey in a barrel too long? I think that's the sort of question that John McChain could answer, don't you? Uh, I, I, well, I think John John would be a very good guy to answer that. John, <laughs> you've appeared as if by magic. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Great to be here. It's, it's, it's great to have you here. Um, it's, uh, just to do a quick introduction, I met John in Belfast during Belfast Whiskey Week when he he was it was like a, a contest between Scotch whiskey, Scotch versus Irish. And we had John in one corner and Sir Morris on in the other. And it was it was a, a fantastic event. It was a really, really nice uh, Morris. And he's, he's a lovely, lovely bloke, Mo- Sir lovely Morris, bloke. isn't he? Yeah, oh, just yeah, a yeah. really nice down to earth guy. Um, yeah, I've been in touch with him since, so yeah, lovely fella. Yeah, yeah, and beautiful setting too. The Merchant Hotel, lovely place. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. about it was really nice. So John is the global, and we'll find out that he's taking this properly, literally, global brand ambassador for <laughs> the Scotch yes. Malt Whiskey Association. Society. Society. Oh, that's the one. Nope, that's the one. Um, Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. Now. Fill us in on what it is and uh, what it is that the society does, what they, they, they do. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we're actually going to be 40 years old next year. When we started in 1983, it was the brainchild and the dream of one man, a guy called Philip Hills, known as Pip Hills. And he just, had, he just he tasted this whiskey from a single cask of Glen Farkless. Thought it was so wonderful that he went and bought a cask and cheered it with his friends in Edinburgh. They asked me to go and get another one. He came back with another one. But remember, this is back in the day, in 1981, yeah. the, the Wine and Spirits Director at Harrods, in his annual report, said that less than 1% of the whiskey available in Harrods was malt, single malt whiskey. <laughs> less was blends. So single malt hadn't really taken off yet. Yeah. And here was this guy wanting to start a single cask, single malt business in the midst of a recession when distilleries were closing all over the place. Yeah. And his lawyers and his accountants said he was a madman. He went ahead, admits he nearly went bankrupt twice. And now it's the biggest members club in the world doing single cask, single malt whiskey. Because uh-huh. he, he just thought back then, Okay, the single malt that is available, we all know, is a mix of casks, yes? To get that consistency of flavour, bottle by bottle by bottle. And he just wanted to explore the one-off, unique taste that each cask would bring to the piece. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it started off. Single cask, single malt. It's expanded a bit since then. But that's still basically the notion of it. That the flavours that are available there in that single cask, single malt, people would appreciate because of the differences and because of the uniqueness of it. And that's kind of where where he's come from all of those years. And everything the society has done has been based on the idea that this might be a different flavour from what you've experienced before. Yeah. Uh, Now, obviously, to do that, you have to test a range of casks. You know, you don't walk in and just say, I'll take take that one, second and the the left there. Um, So... There's, there's always obviously different uh, characters to your distillery. Do you try to 
highlight the character of the, the still race. Let me, the, 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 let me tell you how, how it's evolved, Marty. I mean, back in 83, because of all these distillery closures, because of the recession which was affecting whiskey, distillers were happy to give him their casks, <laughs> you know? Please, yeah. have a look, take, take a cup. <laughs> and uh, so, so that... And we've always had a tasting panel. Every whiskey that we've bottled has to be approved by a tasting panel, and that's where the that's where the, the, the notes come from on the bottle. Uh-huh. But 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 yeah, he will pick cast. The tasting the tasting panel will uh will will, will approve them, taste them, and approve them. But the but, but you're, you're right. The idea really is. Is that when we go to it, it's evolved over the years. I'll come to that mm-hmm. in a minute. But the idea is, is that these different flavors and different casks, which distillers bring together to bottle a single malt, and why shouldn't we explore these flavors on their own? You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. that one of the one of the wonderful things that you can do actually with Scotch Malt Whiskey Society whiskey is get a single cask from a distillery and compare it with the proprietary version because, <laughs> because you would think some of the flavors that are coming from that particular cast should be appearing in mm-hmm. the proprietary version when a similar cast is blended together but these days more and more what we're doing is that we are supplying the casks to the distillery they're filling it with new make spirit and we're bringing it back to our warehouse and we're doing the maturation uh-huh. so rather than buying an already matured uh, whiskey, we still do some of that mm-hmm. more and more we're now doing the maturation ourselves so we'd like to think that we're actually creating the flavours in the whiskey uh-huh. I mean, as you know Marty every new make spirit in every distillery is different from the new make spirit in every other distillery mm-hmm. and, it's, and, and it's been tried many times to try and replicate that flavour in another distillery and just can't do it so yeah. when we get that, and what you're trying to do with a single cast, single malt whiskey, is you're trying to decipher where are the flavours that the new make spirit brought to the piece and what is the wood done to ch- to add that and change it. So you're looking for two kind of angles there, and if it's been extra matured, you've got a third angle to that. <laughs> so that's just so part of the fun, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but that's more and more what we're trying to do now. We may well get to a point in the future we're working with distilleries to actually to create a new make spirit style that we would like in order to yeah. take it back and mature it ourselves you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, and you i mean you, you, you are you experimenting with maybe things that the distillery haven't done um that you well, think maybe they maybe they should have done is that one of the ways well, well, well yeah some of the some of the the, the bottlings that we've done are unusual compared to what the distillery normally does. So maybe the distillery maybe focuses mainly on sherry casks and we will do the, the same with the uh-huh. same spirit, which you bourbon casks and that kind of thing. But what recently has been a lot more of the exomaturation, uh, the moving from one cask to another. Mm-hmm. Pe- people often, members often say to me, is that something you've just started doing that recently? The first time we did that was 1991. Uh, so we've been doing it for quite a long time we've done a lot more of it recently I think one of the things that we have to bear in mind as well is that we're now in 30 countries around the world, we've got 36,000 members, there's a lot more palettes to try and satisfy so we're we're having to try and do more bottlings as we go 
Now, we often get complaints from members in Europe that they kind of get a hold of some of the whiskies that are bottled here. We get some complaints from members here that they kind of get some <laughs> of the bottles that are gone for Europe. And that's a, and, and I mean, some of the members in Europe recently were complaining to me they couldn't get samples of the Australian distillery casks that we just bottled, but they were bottled and sent to Australia. Yeah. And it's, th and it's that age old problem, Marty. Mm -hmm. The number of bottles you get from a cask. Versus thirty six thousand members, you know. <laughs> so, so, so the wonderful thing is that there's going to be something for everybody, really. Well, the thing is, it's it, people like the exclusivity, but they like to have basically unlimited access to the exclusive. <laughs> but you can't. I mean, you have to balance the two out, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, but well, what we do is everything we do, we break it into twelve flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. So everything comes in a range of flavor profiles, and there are twelve in total. So what we try and do to help people, because people are on a whiskey journey, and some people are better at deciphering what flavours they're experiencing than others. Yeah. Some are quite quick, some are quite slow. I'm slower than some of my, my colleagues, to be fair. But what we do is we produce on our site, for each flavour profile, some typical flavours that you might get from that flavour profile. Mm -hmm. So looking at that, it might help people actually say, oh, yeah, that's what it is. That's what that's what it is. And, and help develop their skill in terms of deciphering flavors that way, be that little bit of help, you know. Yeah. But it also, also means that if someone happens to have a particular favorite uh, flavor profile, spicy and dry or peated or young and sprightly, then they can they can look to see which flavor profile bottling has been done for that this month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I know with, with with some kind of surety that they're going to like that whiskey when it arrives. Yeah, like you, you come in a very this very look. It's, it's very sort of elegant decoration. You know, I, I I like this. I like I like green bottles as well. Um, but there's quite a lot of information on the labels, uh, sure. including including the rather fanciful names that come on this. This is <laughs> Smashed Shamrocks and Gooseberry Dean. I tell, um, I, tell, I, tell, I tell you what, I tell you what happens, Marty. We have a, the, the Tasty Parrow might be eight or ten people, right? Somewhere, somewhere between six and ten people each city. Uh -huh. And there's a chairman there. So everybody gives their view on the flavour notes to the chairman. And the chairman's job that chairman that day has to take that those notes away and make a make a summarized tasting note and give it a title right uh -huh. sometimes when you look at the title you think maybe the chairman's a bit too much of his own product <laughs> that day <laughs> but, it's, yes. um, but, it is, but it is meant to be a bit of fun as well as indicating exactly. something about flavor so there have been some crazy ones over the years i can tell you you know i can imagine well, well this is Society Cask 51.20 and an outturn of what one of 184. Now it does it's it's its region is Northern Ireland, so you can sort of uh fill that in yourself. But each distillery has its own number. I think what yeah, what happened when we started Marty's the first one was Glen Farkless. That was where uh Pip had got his original cask from. I went mm -hmm. back and got the next cash to share with his friends. And when they finally decided they would form a club, an official club about this, the Scottish Malt, Malt, Malt Whiskey Society was born. The first one was Glen Farkless. But when we were talking to Glen Farkless, Glen Farkless said, well, wait a minute. 
if you put Glenn Farkas on the bottle, people will get confused because no one drinks single cast, single malt, by the way. <laughs> and, it, and, and if our Glenn Farkas is compared with your single cast Glenn Farkas, it'll mm-hmm. be different and people will get confused. So Pips said, well, what about a numbering system? And that's kind of how it came about. Yeah. yeah. So they were to say number one, the first cask from them is 1.1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, a, three years ago, we had a tasting in Edinburgh uh, in the vaults with Pip, the founder, and we got a bottle of 1.1 out of the archive and we tasted that as part of the tasting. It was fantastic. There's a member uh, who's regularly comes to London, but he lives in Moscow. And when he heard about this tasting, he contacted me and said, John, I need to get a ticket for that tasting because it's 1.1. I got my ticket for it. He flew in from Moscow on the day of the tasting, came to the tasting and tasted this 1.1 and flew back to Moscow the following day. (laughs) That's how keen he was. But anyway, that's how the numbering system came about. So every distillery has its permanent number and the number after the door is the sequential number of the casks we've had mm-hmm. now we used to give our members marty a little stylistic or geographical clue to see which distillery it was and then along came the internet yes so so although we don't see which distillery it is there's lots of uh information yeah. on the web if you put in smws codes it, it's there for you yeah and i have to I have to I have to admit that most of our members want to know which distillery it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. even though we're not saying it, so, uh, so, so they like like to compare. I mean, you, you can get, you can get uh, two casks from the same distillery, two different casks under the same flavor profile, and they'll still be different, you know. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. And and we did a survey of our members six or seven years ago. It was and over sixty percent said that when we bottle a new distillery for the first time, say over 60% went out and bought a proprietary bottle of that distillery to, to, to compare it. So we believe we're a force for good for the industry in general, you know? Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, the likes of that, but wait, I'll let you in the secret. See if you Google it. Folks, this is a Bush Mills. Just see if everybody Google it, right? Um, <laughs> so but this this is not a typical Bush Mills. Um, it, it definitely, it, it's it's much more clean and, and, and fresh than a Bushmills would be because most Bushmills has uh, a sherry cask or, or certainly a wine, sure. fortified wine. Hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Are you telling me there's Irish whiskey in a Scotch malt, malt whiskey society bottle? Well, well I'll, tell, I'll, tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, the Bushmills were the first non-Scotch we ever did. And I, I always tell the story that uh, many, many years later, when we, did a, a, we bottled a Japanese whiskey, a Scotch Malt Whiskey Society bottling a Japanese whiskey <laughs> that was rioting on the streets of Edinburgh. <laughs> bonfires of membership cards outside the venues. In fact, there was only three complaints, you know. Uh, and, and, and in fact, and in fact, well, since then we've bottled whiskey from lots of different territories around the world, uh, especially in the last five or six years. Yeah. It really, and it really is uh, to give our uh, members an idea of the flavours that are being created around yeah. the world, you know, making whiskey. I always like to say that 
It's just so that our, pe- our members can get to understand how good Scotch is, you know. I couldn't get over how affordable membership was. I know. I, I couldn't know. get over. Uh, over. Yeah. I mean, there's David Mason. He's saying the best part of being a member is not knowing the distillery. I love buying a bottle off the back of the profile and notes. Sometimes I do look at the codes just to appreciate if I found a great new distillery. <laughs> I mean, what what better endorsement can you get than that? Da- uh, David, David, John? that is fantastic. I'll tell you what. There's there's a member in London or London venues there regularly. He's a New Zealander, and he comes up to the bar. <laughs> After he's looked at his uh, his list of whiskies that are available, and he'll ask for uh, 35, 127, and somebody will try to tell him which distillery is. And, ah, <laughs> and he, just refuses, he just refuses because he doesn't want to have any preconceived notion. So yeah. understand exactly where you're coming from there, David. And that's how <laughs> that's how his mind works as well. No, the uh, it's a bit like whenever a magician tells you how the trick's done. You know, you don't need to know. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can know. But uh, it's nice of you sometimes just to keep the mystery. If I tell you something, lads, if you, I tell you what, if, if, I, if I tell you there was rioting on the streets of Edinburgh when we bottled the Japanese whiskey, uh-huh. what do you think the action was when we bottled an English one? Be <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> yeah, some big playing going on at that Royal Mile. Oh yeah, to get, to get uh, a Japanese whiskey, all you had to do was go to the fair and Everest Distillery. Sure, that was... absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> they, they've, been pa- they've been passing it off as Japanese over there for years. <laughs> but, but that's right. I, mean, I think I think of them that the exports of bulk Scotch mm-hmm. to Japan uh, went up by four hundred percent in the last five years, something like that. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but now they're trying to stop that, aren't they? They've got a little association and they're trying to do the thing properly and they're trying to get it into law by yeah. by. 20, by 2024, that yeah. if you're going to, if you're using other countries' whiskies, you can't call it Japanese. You have to tell people on the yeah. bottle what it is, you know. I mean, it's perfect. It's perfectly okay to take a whiskey from somewhere else and bottle it in, in, oh, a, in another people, country. Yeah. yeah, but just tell people. You know, people know what it means. But I, I always find that quite funny that the Bear Nevis distillery hadn't a great reputation, but but the stuff that they were that was bottled in Japan, that people thought it was like Clegg's items. You know? Absolutely. It's, it was, it was ridiculous, but Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, right, you don't just these days just sell uh single cast bottlings. Now, just before we go on, we all your bottlings are non gel filtered, they're no coloring, bottled at cask strength, full cask strength. Um, and that's that's a standard through the whole that's, range. Well, that's the standard with single cast, single malt. And you're mentioning the information we give you on the label there, MRT. And I think one of the interesting things that people like is the actual date of distillation. Yeah. Because because sometimes that can be an important date in someone's life, personally. Oh. A birthday or a anniversary or something. And, and, and I've come across that quite a few times, actually. I was in Japan a few years ago and I was doing this tasting, yeah? So mm-hmm. I was kind of t- talking about this whiskey and at the corner of my eye, there was this chap over there nudging his friend next to him and pointing to this tasting room and getting really excited. And I said, over, I said, you're very obviously very excited about this. What is it all about? He said, I go to Scotland often mm-hmm. and I tour distilleries. And I was at this distillery on the day this was distilled. 
And he, you know, he, 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 actually, he actually saw it being distilled, you know. <laughs> and he, the whole place sort of applause. It was just such an exciting moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? I mean, that's such a coincidence. Um, but, 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 but back to your point, Mark, is that you're a single cast, single malt. Uh, it's all done at cast strength. We've now, we now do what we call our heresy range, which can be blended malts <laughs> with uh, color, colourful labels and stuff. Uh, and we, we do it because we think that uh, we're just trying to create the whole, whole flavour experience thing, but mm -hmm. some, something a bit different. And we do those usually at 50%. Mm -hmm. But single cast, single malt. You're right about no, no chill filtering, no added color, no dilution, uh, yeah. and always at cast strength. Yeah. Now, I think I think the cast strength thing gives people the opportunity to dilute it to whatever level they want, rather than buying it at forty percent, at forty three, at forty six. Yeah. You know. And I yeah. always say, I always say to people, like, try it neat, but please don't be scared to add a little bit of water because water doesn't just dilute the alcohol level can change the flavors in the glass as well uh, nearly every time i ever do a taste of anybody uh, uh, what we do is there's always a cast strength element to that there and i put a, 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 a like a half a teaspoon of water in every other glass and let people just sit and talk about it and let it go for a minute or two and then just get them to nose it and the difference it makes i mean you, you know yourself i mean the difference it makes it's when, when it's done in that style people go my God, you know, that totally changes the character of it. One of one, one of the other things I do sometimes, my that pour two glasses of the same whiskey and, ju and just push one away mm. while some while some drinking the other one. And when you go when you go to the second one a little bit later, you can yeah, it and does. taste differently. The other, th the other thing happens to me a couple. Of, I mean, I know there was one particular incident uh, just earlier this year. I had an Aaron one two one. Uh, on on my I already drank some of it on my shelf, but this evening, evening I got it down. I poured myself a glass. And I was watching a film or something. And I thought, my God, this is brilliant! This is the best whiskey I've had this year. Uh -huh. Why why didn't I think that when I was drinking it before? And, yet, and sometimes there's a magic moment, isn't there, for absolutely a, a, a certain flavour? You know, I funny I mentioned this to James uh, who has the silky down in Donegal. So when I first opened the bottle of Silky, um, I thought, I'm not that keen on that, it doesn't, uh, no. But, left it a month, tried it again, I thought, no, not, that's better than I thought it was. Then I tried it a, a month later, I thought, no, so that's bloody good. I mean, the time <laughs> I got it, but, but it was, it was just, it does, the, the character does change after a period of oh, time. Oh, yes. And, yes, and, I, and it does, it just, it's just, it's such a complex drink, it's just this complicated drink. Now, you're, this is Distillery 51, okay? So you've up to 51 distilleries at this point. How many different distilleries now has the Scotch Whiskey Society? Uh, we're up to 152, uh, but either there's some distilleries have got more than one number. Not that many, not that many, because no. they, make, they make whiskey. And so we're talking about Loch Lomond earlier. Loch Lomond, because of the complexity of their... Mm. The story with the different types of stills and the different way they run them, they've got three different numbers with us. Yeah, there's a single malt, and they've also got two grain numbers. You know, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a couple of other distilleries with different numbers, but basically we're, we're, we're around 150 different distilleries now, and and, uh, and those are represented in uh, Japan, England, Wales, 
Ireland, America, uh, Denmark, Australia now, uh, Sweden. So we've definitely got yeah. a, 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 a range now. And uh, yeah, uh, there's so many distilleries opening up all over the world. Um, and and the thing is, they a lot of them are making very good spirit. You know, a lot of it's really really interesting, slightly unusual. Um, I think I think I think I tell you I tell you something, Mark. A bit like the Irish, uh, the, the Scots feel that they're first. You know, oh. I mean I mean I mean Scot Scotch is the only drink in the world. You can ask for anywhere in the world by relation to the country it comes from alone. Yeah. So, so in any bar, in any city, in any country in the world, you ask mm -hmm. for a scotch. You don't even have to use the word whiskey, and they know, <laughs> they, and they, know they know they know what you mean. You know. I so, 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 so some, somebody like Jim McEwen, uh -huh. Jim's a legend. Yeah. We, we all love him dearly, but he's so passionate about Scotland and Scotch. He actually said that he believes that God gave whiskey to Scotland because he knew we would look after it and cherish it. <laughs> he has a way with words. He does. Yeah, listen, he does that. You're getting you're getting some great comments tonight. Remember to subscribe if you're uh, watching on YouTube, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Twitch, or Telegram. Uh, one of the other uh, great comments here is uh, uh, if. Uh, if you're lucky to get to a venue and the guys working for the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, they're so good. They're knowledgeable. Thank and you for that comment, David. That's, uh, that's uh, nice of you to say so. And I, and I think uh, we hear that a yeah. lot from our members, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that, that's, an, that's an endorsement. How, how have you managed to grow it so strongly globally, John? I think it's um, the, when, when we started in 1983, as we say, it was amidst the, the world obviously looking back was ready for a single yeah. mall explosion really you know yeah. and this single cast single mall of the society almost kind of paved the way uh for what happened in the 90s with the surge in single mall when we talk about single malt now we back then it was less than one percent of the total mm -hmm. whiskey consumed around the world it got to people used to say it was five percent it's probably now about of total volume consumed maybe 14 15 percent yeah o over 30 percent in value because of the the cost but uh but it's still blended whiskey around the world but i think i just think people are ready now to not just uh drink whiskey for drinking sake but to try mm -hmm. and explore flavors and i always say to people that you know if you if you're into single malt whiskey we know all of us on, on this tonight, that single malt whiskey is a blend of casks. It can be different types of casks. It can be from different ages. Mm -hmm. So a 10-year-old doesn't have to always be 10. I mean, it might be some older than that. It's 10 the youngest, yeah? Yeah. So, so if you're trying to identify the flavors in a single malt whiskey that come from different casks, then, okay, you can try your best. But what could be better? If you had an understanding of the flavours that came from these types of casks, so mm -hmm. if if you if you're the Scottish Malt Whisk Society and you know the types of flavours that tend to come from first full bourbon and second full bourbon yeah. and first full sherry, and second, when you go to a proprietary whisky and you get that range of flavours, you almost can 
win friends and influence people because, <laughs> because, you, because you know where the different flavours may have come from. Yeah. You know? So 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 when people say, some people say to me, oh yeah, well, I'm not really into whiskey that much yet. I'll come, come to the society in 10 years. I said, no, 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 no. <coughs> this, this is where you should actually start. Yeah. It's the place to start the overall journey, you know. Well, th th there's uh, James Duggerty saying his chairman is a member, and I think he's interested in investing in the Sleeve League uh, beyond by, by his devastating <laughs> charisma, was that he's a member of the <laughs> SMWS and loves sure, single sure, malts, sure. which is a, another and, glowing endorsement. Yeah, a glowing endorsement. Now, you touched on it there. You, you're not just doing these bottlings now. You've, you've, you've sort of widened the scope of the society. The, 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 that's still about 96% of it. Martin, you know, yeah, uh, but, but but yeah, we've done the heresy range that I mentioned, the blended mm -hmm. malts. We've also did single cask rums, single cask armagnac, single cask cognacs, mm -hmm. single cask gin. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our good friend Joe, our Irishman who runs Boatyard, who used to work for us, uh -huh. has given it. He's given us some bottles of his gin. We've uh, given us some gin that we bottled. Uh, great stuff. Good, good, good friend of mine, uh, Joe McGuire. Mm -hmm. uh, he runs Boatyard, so so we've done lots of different things now, and we've also we've also caught on to the changing face of whiskey drinking as well. Now, yeah. if, you, if we go back to my my father's generation, you know it was a uh, whiskey with a little Dutch of water or even lemonade, wasn't it? It was slung back, and then it was a half pint of bitter to wash it down. All that, <laughs> and, and we know that these days people just like to enjoy the whiskey in a whole host of different ways. So in our venues, we'll do whiskey cocktails, we'll do, you know, mm -hmm. do it in different ways, you get different flavours, you can appreciate from the different ranges that are available. So yes, we, we're actually, we think we've helped yeah. to move people's idea of flavour and whiskey along, but we're also reacting to some of the uh, reactions that we're getting back, you know? Yeah. Now you, but you, you now have bars yes they even have a place you can come and you can go and stay um oh yeah. oh for, for we had a, the the the, the uh, our home venue the vaults in leith mm -hmm. uh, opened the night there's where we started in 1983 we then opened up a, a venue in london which is still there that was that but that wasn't until 1999 so that was no. quite a bit later we then opened the second venue in edinburgh in uh, 2004, yeah, and now Glasgow three years ago, just a week before it had to close down, uh, <laughs> and, and, and around the world and all yeah. our different countries, we tend to operate from partner bars. Yeah, so we get good whiskey bars, which we're a partner of, and our members can go in there and with their membership card get a discount on our whiskey, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got partner bars in this country as well, in the home countries. But we also have them abroad as well, you know. Uh, it's a bit like gentlemen's clubs, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a cheap version of a gentleman's well, club. Well, well, on, I think it? when you think about it, eh, Justin, that we mentioned the 65 quid a year uh, when we're talking sterling. Uh, so to be a member of a club in London <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah. for, 60, for 65 quid, and remember when you're a member, in, you remember here you remember everywhere right yeah so no matter where you go in the world you're a member of the local scotch malt whiskey society you know 
and and the bars you don't have to be a member to go in, but you, if you are a the member, bar, you get this good. No, that's absolutely right, Marty. To be, uh, you don't have to be a member to go in and get an SMWS whiskey in a part of the bar, mm-hmm. uh, but if you're a member, you get this good. Yeah, uh, can we expect more of these bars to be opening up? Absolutely, we're talking, we've just opened up in, in the last 18 months or so. Uh, Mexico, Spain, South Africa, where they've just been. Uh, so, yeah, we're expanding country-wise. And in the countries where uh, the the membership is developing, we're looking for partner bars, new partner bars all the time. You know? Yeah, excellent. Now, you you just dropped the, uh, a thing there saying that you're just back from South Africa. You've clocked up a fair few air miles. Uh, in the past little way. Where all have you been? Have you been? Well, 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 obviously, COVID killed it, you know, like uh, the, the last place I was in just before COVID struck was Denmark, and then there was nothing for a couple of years. But this, so far this year, I've been able to get to Austria, uh, South Africa, Australia, Denmark twice, uh, and the Netherlands coming up, and Germany and potentially Canada as well. So, yeah, it's all back to, I mean, the South Africa and Australia trip, that was over, like, that. It was, I went to, after I was in Belfast Whiskey Week, uh-huh. I, came, I came back to Scotland, had a couple of days in Scotland, then I was off to South Africa and Australia, I wasn't back for another two and a half weeks, you know? Yeah. But I mean, oh, some of the experiences out there were fantastic, I wanted to tell you something, you know? But it's, <laughs> a, but it, but it's just, just amazing how in different parts of the world, you know, I like to tell people, Scotty, I mean, Winston Churchill once said that no small country, perhaps other than ancient Greeks, has given the world so much. Scots have, Scots have given the world a lot in terms of inventions and television and TV. But wherever I go, nobody <laughs> bothers about that. <laughs> Whiskey, bagpipes and Robert Burns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh yes. Oh, well, don't worry about uh, syringes and the vacuum flask, ah, MRI right, scanners, mammal right. uh, cloning. Right. None of that. Bollocks to that. Get the drink out. <laughs> 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 no, uh, it, it's a fantastic thing. Um, that, that, in terms of a, 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 if you like, ambassador for the whole of Scotland as a, as a vehicle and a way of promoting Scotland all around the world, I have to say that you you must be flying the flag. I mean, you, you're you on the, 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 the pit face or the goal face, if you like, going out and meeting different nations, introducing probably probably new people every time you go out to the you, concept I'll, of I'll, I'll single malt. I, mean, I, I used to have a real job. <laughs> I mean, I've been a member for a long time. And in uh-huh. 2000, 2007, 15 years ago, the society was going to extend its members' tasting program in in the home countries, uh-huh. so they were looking for it. My ambassadors and I applied. And I was interviewed and tested all that, and I, I got appointed. But I was still working in my the job I had. And it was only a few years ago, uh, well, probably eight or nine years ago, I retired from that, and the kind of global thing kicked off. But I always feel, as I'm sure you do, mm-hmm. when you're representing Ireland. I just always feel wherever I go, I'm representing Scotland and Scotch, and I'm very, very proud of that. You know, absolutely. And I, and I, and, I, and I think that if, we, if people around the world think that's all that we've given them, then gay. <laughs> I'm happy to talk <laughs> about it, it, given more of it. 
it's a good start put it like that it's yeah absolutely. Uh, absolutely there's there's that book what is it called it's uh, how how scotland invented the modern world or something what's the name of it? how the scots invented everything or something like that um yeah, 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 yeah. it's a book called the scottish enlightenment yeah i would after herman where he talks a bit about that i'll tell you the other thing marty which is very similar to you guys in ireland is that wherever you go in the world you find that there's like Scottish or Irish street names and you know, you know, you know like, it's, it's incredible, you know. McDonald Avenue, you know. <laughs> in Peru. I know it's damn funny. I, I was I was over in El Paso. I was over in El Paso uh over with my girlfriend and uh, you're driving down and there's Tyrone Street. <laughs> and then, then then what you find out is that there was a family that sort of founded the whole place, founded the sort of modern city, and they came from County Down. <laughs> <What's about? laughs> <laughs> so we, we, yeah, we yeah. just get everywhere, but uh... the Scots and the Irish. I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the figures are for Ireland, but between the Act of Union with England and the outbreak of World War One, mm-hmm. so you're talking about 1707, uh, that 200 years period, right? Two and a half million Scots left Scotland. Yeah. So some were cleared off the land, as we know. Uh, some left voluntarily, but 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 they've, they've reached every corner of the world, you know. I've got a I've got a pal, and uh, I mentioned a guy in Moscow, but one of his pals has got a bar in Moscow. I don't know that the Russians are kind of know somebody we talk about at the moment, but um, but but, the, but one of his pals has got a bar in Moscow, the Bruce Bar, you know. Well, I know a girl. I know a girl. I think you know her as well, Justin. The girl Zilka. And she was from East Germany, and she grew yep. up in East Germany uh, before the fall of the of the, 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 the war. And she used to run the the Whiskey Society of Berlin. And uh, she said that when it closed, uh, she ran a pub, and she had all these old scotches and old Irish whiskies and stuff. And when it closed, she said they invited everybody and just let them drink it all for free. <laughs> and I was like, have you any idea what that actually was worth? <laughs> she says, "Oh, it was great. It was great, but it was all oh, bottles yeah. that people had oh, smuggled yeah. back oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah, past yeah. the Iron Curtain, you know. But sure. it's just kind of a universal currency um, sure. that people really, really enjoy. And the fact that you said there's a, a society and a club that is has a global reach. That, well, I assume if a member's coming from Venezuela and comes in to Edinburgh and they wave their card and come in, I'm sure they probably feel." Uh, Feel a, a connection and an association with, oh, with, with the bar, you know. Absolutely, and um, I mean, and that's a it's a great point, man, because we get people from all over the world. Edinburgh, the Leith venue, the vaults, is regarded by our members around the world as a kind of place of pilgrimage. I mean, they all want to get there someday. Many, mm-hmm. of, many, of, many of them have been already, and some many times, you know. Yeah. And that's a place where you have the rooms as well, the vaults, you know. But you're absolutely, absolutely right. If you're from a foreign country and you're a member and you walk in there, you know, we make you feel like home immediately, you know. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just saying, David Manson, thanks for what you're saying, David. Uh, you, you're right, you're, you're catching the, the spirit there very, very well. Thanks for that, you know. No, but I, now, to be a member is £65 a year. Yeah. And that gets you access to what? What all does it get you? Just, uh, oh, okay, okay. So, well, I'll tell you what. That's a great question, Mark. So, I'll tell you what. First and foremost, it gets you access to the whiskey. Yeah. 
You can't buy a bottle of whiskey unless you're a member, okay? Mm-hmm. But honestly, if you're on a whiskey journey and you're looking to learn about whiskey and learn about distilleries and hear stories about the, the industry that you're telling tonight, mm-hmm. then I there's a monthly unfiltered magazine full of information about distilleries and interesting stories and some very educational pieces as well mm-hmm. uh you you get you get access to the venues as we've just talked about uh and and, and I, wrote, I wrote an article once you guys know what esperanto is oh yes yes right. it's the invented language yes now when i was a kid i was learning esperanto right when you've learned esperanto you get a lapel badge uh-huh. right so the idea is that we are standing in an airport somewhere and you're on your own, and you see somebody with other Esperanto badge on, then, you know, you can talk to them, no matter what language they speak, because you've got this plastic well, language, you know? Yeah. But then you talk to them and find out that's actually the only thing you've got in common. <laughs> you know? The fact that you speak Esperanto. So so with an SMWS lapel badge, if you see someone wearing that, then you know immediately you've both got that common Interest. Yeah, you've got somebody you can go to the bar with. Happy days. Like a Masonic forget me not. That's what like the Masonic forget me not. Listen, the Masonic. I can Masonic, choke. by the way, found it in Edinburgh. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I can show the website here. I can show the website. This is your web. This is your website. This is uh, where I'll, I'll imagine in modern times, and especially over COVID, a lot of your members touch base, uh, John. Sure, sure. I think it's um you're absolutely right. What happened during COVID as well, Justin, was that obviously like everybody else, we went to virtual tastings. And at first we were bemoaning that, and then we realized what actually happened was that members who couldn't normally get to one of our live tastings because they lived mm-hmm. too far away from a venue or they happened didn't happen to be around when we had one in their area, because we, we do them all around in different areas. They actually could join a virtual. So we, we were reaching we were reaching members who we wouldn't normally reach. Yeah. yeah. And and that's why, uh, given that we're now out of COVID, <coughs> we're still going to continue that because we're going we're going to do the live and the virtuals because we can get to so many people. We did one last week, last Friday, just for members all around Europe, and we had our various country managers in the various countries on talking about the bottles that have been bottled for that country in a tasting note in their language, you know? So yeah. that, that, that's one of the ways we're, tra- we're trying to make people feel included. Yeah. I, I, now, there's one thing I, ha- I have to touch on because you, you can't not talk about these, the, the, um, these things these days. Collections. People have whiskey collections. Do you find that there are people who are members of your society just to get access to single cask of a certain distillery that they collect? I'll give you an example, Marty. There's a, in this month's outturn, which only went out yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. There was a there was a 127, which is a Port Charlotte, okay? Oh, you're not... Right. I know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, but, 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 but I, I, to, I, I know, but I just need to, I need to use the name to stress the point. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whiskey was gone five minutes, right? Yeah. And you, you get it on an auction site next month. 
we if we find a member who's doing that, then we'll, we'll say you can't be a member anymore because that's yeah. not what we're. But we just how how do you find out? Somebody said to us, well, okay, if you've got two hundred and twenty bottles, why don't you do one two twenty two two twenty three two twenty, and then take a take a note of everyone who buys it, so then you'll know when it comes up for sale yeah. auction who did it. It just would increase the costs and the the, the, the impracticalities of doing that. Yeah, are just uh, are just horrendous. So I'm afraid we're faced with that, like everybody yeah. else. It's, it is. Know. It is. It's, it's it's one of those things that I try. I try not be too judgmental about all of this because I don't know people's circumstances. But it's not really in the ethos or in the spirit of the whole thing, you know. Um, no, no. It's it. People who genuinely want to get. I was talking to. I was talking a wee while back to, to you know, Nick Morgan, who wrote the book or the Long Stride, Johnny yes. Walker, Johnny, uh, who used to be the Azure. Yeah. And I was I was talking to Nick about that, and Nick says, "Well, look, John, you have to look at it like this. I mean, we we're involved in a community which is enjoying whiskey, enjoying the tasting of it, talking about it, being a community together. But there's another." group i call it, he calls it the playground yeah right? so so they're, they're, they're actually playing uh with values so if i get this i can sell it for more and it's like a wee game for them yeah uh, and the uh, i'm afraid it exists and what did we do about it i was in vietnam a couple of years ago and i was in a street market mm -hmm. there's a stall a stall in the street market selling empty bottles of whiskey yeah. any brand you care to mention yeah and why why are they selling empty whiskey bottles come on you know it's yeah. pretty it's pretty obvious yeah. so so i i just think i kind of kind of hope i kind of hope that the number of fakes that are out there mm. will bring the auction market crashing down someday <laughs> i hope it does yeah because because if it did then the normal prices would would, would fall as well because the auction the auctions yeah. are dragging the normal yeah. prices up. Well, but fakes I, but, have fakes but, but, have turned up in, in very unusual places, John, in, in official retail outlets and all. But let's face it, listen, Air Force One had fake parts on it from China. The thing is, Justin, look at McCall McCallan bought that collection, didn't he, from the Swiss guy? Yeah, uh, the, the, you know, and that all turned out to be fake. Uh, and he never even knew it was fake. The Swiss guy, he he'd been conned himself. So so yeah. so so I just think that. I mean, honestly, honestly, would you spend three thousand pounds on a bottle of whiskey at auction set? I mean, I mean, would you really rely on the guys who are in the auction sites, you know, to uh, you know, like be those be, be, be the judge and jury for whether it's genuine or not? I just. I, I, but like this, the, the, these days there is, it, it's the same with everything, isn't there's any value and people, there'll be people there to copy it, you know, that's just the way of the world, it doesn't matter whether it's art, cars, anything, you know, there, there'll be, that is but, but, something you but, have to wait but, but the other thing historically is that we all know, everybody on this programme knows, Scotch whiskey economically hasn't been like that. No. You know, it's gone like that, isn't it? Absolutely. So, 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 if if you're sitting on a collection, I mean, 
Yeah, it's the same as everything else. How can you be sure that, you know, like in two years' time, there's that crash and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, it is. Well, the thing is, you can always drink it if that happens, John. Exactly. Well, I'm saying that, you don't know what's in the bottle. (laughs) That's right. right. You sent me me a bottle there that's worth £3,000, and I'll go drink that. If it's it's only worth 300 quid tomorrow, maybe you can open it up, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I have bottles. I have bottles that I've bought that have went up so much in value. The, I, I, I know you can't really justify opening them. Um, that's what happens. That's what happens. Uh, I agree. I, I agree. I have a, I have a bottle. I, <laughs> to be fair, I, I kind of knew that this was going to happen, so I was picking up a couple of bottles on the way through the airport every time I was coming through, and it was the Macallan Concept Number One. Oh, it was, yeah. It, it was eighty quid, and I knew that it was going to go on the auction sites, and I knew it was. I didn't realise it was going to go to eight hundred pound a bottle. Sure. Now, if if anyone thinks that that's eight hundred pound worth of whiskey they need their head examined because that's that's why you buy three that's why you buy three one for opening (laughs) one for sharing and one for keeping Mm. Uh, i mean anybody anybody who thinks that spending one thousand pounds a bottle of whiskey you only 10 times the flavor experience is a hundred quid bottle then yeah it's it's just it's not but some of the the price that where irish whiskey is at the minute there's lots of guys selling very mediocre stuff for very, very high price. Um, yeah. There was a guy when Redbreast released the ten-year-old cask strength, the, the ten-year-old. It was it's a nice whiskey, but it was a hundred pound a bottle. And I remember someone saying, "Oh, I think it's very reasonably priced." And I thought to myself, "Go to Scotland and say <laughs> to somebody, there's a ten-year-old whiskey, <laughs> and it's a hundred quid." <laughs> and it's, and it, it was, they would hit you with a bottle. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was it's a nice enough drink. But have you guys heard that famous story uh, about the guy at the Penny Hill Park Hotel in Surrey one evening? Uh, no? no, go on ahead. Okay, so guys in the Penny Hill Park Hotel in Surrey, he's with a few pals. They've probably been at a business meeting. They've had a few already. And he spots this bottle of 1946 Macallan, 1964 Macallan, sorry, on the glass case above the bar. So he says to the bar, how much is that? He said, it's not for sale. That's part of the owner's private collection. He said, well, is he here? See, he's in a flat upstairs. I said, well, go and ask him how much he would charge for it because I would potentially buy it from him. So the young fellow went away and he came back to a big smirk on his face. This is years ago. This is years ago. He said, he said, he'll sell it to you for three and a half thousand pounds because he bought it for three thousand pounds a couple of months ago. Guy gets his credit card out, <laughs> credit card goes through, gets the bottle, and PS there is the stonks that he opened it, him and his mates drank it that night. <laughs> and, I, and I just wonder uh, whether he woke up the following morning going, Oh my god, what have I but, done? Or whether it was uh, just pennies, pennies to him, you know. There was, that, was that guy in Switzerland, the, the the guy from Hong Kong. It was a similar. It was a Macallan from the nineteen twenties or something, and That's he right. paid t- ten thousand, uh, ten thousand dollars or whatever it was for yeah. one shot of it, and then they found out it was a fake. Fake, <laughs> fake. <laughs> the guy had to play over and give his money back. That's right. But can you imagine how that guy felt who who thought that, he was drinking this superior oh. stuff? Oh, this is oh, this is amazing. I mean, it's the best whiskey I've ever had. By, by the way, there's a bar in Canary, Boy in Canary War. Been there, whiskey. been there. Yeah, yeah. okay. Big whiskey bar. Got a whiskey list, a whiskey menu, right? And it's arranged alphabetically. So, Monkey Shoulder is there at 
1950, <laughs> a dram, right? Above that is McCarran, 1946. <laughs> Two thousand seven hundred and forty-three pounds and twenty-five beds. And twenty-five p. And twenty-five beds, and and the bottles are third empty. So so I was talking to a guy. This is the last time I saw this was a couple of years ago. Or so and it was a third, a third, third drank, third drank. Uh, but one of the guys I was talking to was in the actually works there, and he said, "No, I've never seen anybody ever." asking for that. I agree that it's a third empty. I think what happened once, there was a couple of bankers on a million pound bonus or something. Yeah. Came in and were kind of shown off, you know, but uh, he said, no, I've never seen anybody. And that's been sitting there now for I don't know how many years uh, under the light of the bar, you yeah. know, and it's 2,040 pounds and 25 pence. <laughs> that's why yeah. pence on it for the evaporation. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think I don't know they added the twenty-five pence to try and make it look as if the price had been scientifically calculated. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you do wonder, isn't uh, nuts? Isn't nuts? But no, can I just stand? I go, oh Jesus Christ! I've got two thousand seven forty-three. Anybody got anybody got fifty p on them? <laughs> It's nuts. It's nuts. Now, the uh, how often do you bring out new bottling from distilleries? Um, is it just, for example, say Bush Mills, number fifty-one, everybody. Um, if you were bringing out uh, a number fifty-one, do you bring one out once a year? Some like it? So, so some distilleries are very hard to get hold of mm-hmm. for anybody. Uh, uh, I mean. And so, so some are obviously easier. We've obviously got contracts with some people, and with other other people that we're talking to people all the time. We now have quite a strong contact reputation in the business, but we can't get Talisker anymore. We have had it in the past. Can't get Oban anymore. Have mm-hmm. had it in the past. Can't get Lagavulin. Uh, we we still get our begs, but not so much, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so 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 there are distilleries producing Kalila. We get tons of because they they're producing lots, and we've got a good good relationship with the Azure. But the Azure can't get us into the three I mentioned, and uh, so it just depends, Marty. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, <clears throat> the, the other thing is remember is that I believe there's a bit of a difference between us and. An independent bottlers, as it were, because we won't just take anything we're offered. It has to get mm-hmm. through a tasting panel, <laughs> and, and I actually, I, I, I've had to deliver the message sometimes. Yeah. I'm sorry, but we don't want that because we don't think it's good enough, you know. Yeah. Uh... So, 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 but, but, but that's that's a fact of life. Yeah. We are our members, and our members are us, and yeah. we, we we have to be uh, absolutely solid on the principle that, that we will uh, look after the whiskey that we give them, you know. Another thing is that Scotland's reputation um, and, and, and industry <clears throat> is is rock solid, uh, but do you see competition from other producing nations catching up with Scotland at any point? I mean, I'm, t- I'm obviously thinking about Ireland here, but I mean, the amount of distilleries that are now opening in the States you know the the amount of distilleries that are opening worldwide. Do you see that as a as a threat? I am. Or... I, I, I think. I think. I think. You couldn't look at it any other way. 
<clears throat> there is definitely a, I would say, a threat uh-huh. from all of the all of the whiskies that have been produced around the world, and also the growth in tequila, and and, oh, and, thing, and, and things absolutely. like that. You know, so so what, one of the things I wonder about is this though. Mm-hmm. I read a statistic which said that twenty eight percent of our youngsters in this country, uh, between eighteen and twenty five, don't drink alcohol at all. Exactly because it's been. They've been told that it's dangerous. They're trying to live healthy lifestyles. So obviously the but kids. But they're doing drugs. Up. But they're doing drugs. Well, okay, okay. Scottish Malt Whiskey Society has definitely decided we're not going to do drugs. <laughs> single, single barrel cocaine. <laughs> single batch cocaine. That's right. But the point is, as all the kids come out of school and, yeah. and that percentage figure increases, who's going to drink or a whiskey engine? Mm. So, so, so I think that. What you have to remember is the big markets, the big markets which have still to be, we've only tickled so far, are India and China, you know? Absolutely. Uh, and and so, 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 so I think that Scotch, we have, I mean, our Chinese branch, they said to us, you know, we can get anything which our members can associate with being McAllen or Glen Farkless or Glen Grant or like Lafroig or like a villain flies off the shelves. Yeah. Right. Give us a Royal Brackler or an Edra Dur or something right. like that. You know, and, and they have difficulty with it because it's not a brand name they recognize. So we did a lot of work giving them information about these lesser known distilleries and some stories around them and all that kind of stuff. And that worked yeah, because, yeah, yeah. because they were able to create a bit of a relationship, you know, yeah. but, but, but I still think that in general terms, yeah, we have to watch ourselves in Scotland. And I think, I don't know if you, if you know, a few years ago, there was mm-hmm. something that started to form called the Scotch marketing board. Uh, and if yes. it's whiskey lovers who are trying to say, well, look, Diageo are promoting Diageo and Edrington are promoting Edrington, you know, mm-hmm. what we need is somebody just promoting Scotch as a category. Yeah. And in the same way as Ian Burrell does for rum, you know, mm-hmm. so, so perhaps that will be revitalized in the yeah. period going forward, you know. I, I, I'm just thinking the uh, well, actually, I'm just thinking editor in China. Um, that probably one small town in China could probably buy up all, all of editor's entire stock. Um, but I mean, that, that's obviously an issue too Absolutely. because lots of the distilleries they don't actually produce that much stuff. Um, you know, the, the, I'm, I'm thinking of editor, editor's tiny little place, and yet. It does have a, a brand name, and if it's part of your society, you have thirty-five thousand members. Your thirty-five thousand members can drink Edradour Dry easy sure. every year. Yeah. So how yeah. do you, how do you marry those two things as well? Well, <clears throat> remember that uh, we, we we are a part of their overall plan, somebody's overall plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Edradour have got their own wide-ranging plan about how they can promote their brand and all of that. I mean, we, we're a part of their overall yeah. supply chain. And, and, I, and I believe that, as I said before, that we probably help them because someone Absolutely. who tastes one of ours, 
then it's probably likely be going to try one of the branded versions. So, so and, I, th I think the most important thing, Martin, I think we've always said, and I, I mentioned the phrase a force for good earlier, but we are very much a part of the Scotch whiskey industry, you know? Yeah. We are not trying to beat anybody or replace anybody. We're part of the whole thing. And I think yeah. the single cast, single malt aspect of it is a very exciting and interesting thing for whiskey lovers to get involved in. Mm -hmm. But we accept very few of our members only drink SMW's whiskey. Yeah. SMW's whiskey is part of the overall whiskey kind of portfolio and experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing is when, once people get introduced to the distillery, they're much more likely to go and visit it as well. Yes. Uh, yes. And course. go and make that connection. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so in many ways, you're sort of helping the, the tourism aspect of it. That's, right? that's yeah. something I noticed that uh, Ian at uh, Old Scotia shared the video, which a lot of people in sort of media say, oh, don't don't show our product on in full because people won't come. But if people see it on the internet, that doesn't make them not want to come. That makes them want to come 10 yes, times yes. over. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the holiday show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 Judith Charmers wouldn't have when they go as far around the world. It's true. That's true. That's true. But um, now, membership is... Sixty-five pounds a year. Sure, um, that gets you the benefits that we talked about: access to buying the bottles and the, 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 the discounts in the bars and so on and so forth. Um, you can you can gift it to people as well, Justin. Don't forget. You, you can, yes, you can um, gift it to people. Yeah, and it is. Are you seeing more growth? Are there more and more? Oh, no, no, yeah, obviously, you know that. Um, uh, Ronnie Cox quoted me a figure. Uh, he says that, you know, some 70% of all single malt in this country is bought in supermarkets. Mm. And 70% of that is bought for somebody else. <laughs> so, 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 so you can imagine the sales between yeah. from now until December, right? But people are buying whiskey for other people, Christmas. you know. So yes, our our membership sales go up there on the gift membership thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, uh, that that definitely was up, and and some people really appreciate it. Some people think, well, what is that? Our our retention ratio after the first year is huge, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the retention ratio for people who have been gifted it. Yeah. The first year that is lower because sometimes they don't understand what it was that what it is to be given, you know. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You, you can imagine like a a, 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 a child, a, a youngster buying it for their parent, but membership and not really knowing what it's all about. And the parent then doesn't really look into what it's all about. So, in fact, the thing just drifts, you know. Yeah, but, see, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, you can do a gift membership, yeah. Now, another thing I just wanted to say about are you noticing any changing demographics? Because, oh, absolutely, it, oh, yeah, because obviously the old oh. idea of whiskey is the old guy, oh, he's got a dog and all that. These guys, as a younger audience, younger members, oh. obviously, many, many more females, I assume, 
one of my favourite subjects, Marty. I remember when I grew up, uh, you know, Hugmanay in Scotland was where the family gathered and all that. Mm-hmm. And every, uh, uh, my, my father and all his brothers and my mother's brothers all bought their own bottle of whiskey to share around and all that. And that, I was dying to get older off to get into that. <laughs> you, can't, you, you, you can't start drinking whiskey in Scotland until you're seven, you know. Uh, so, um, <laughs> until, you're at least, until you're at least in secondary school. <laughs> so, so, but, but, but it was only, but, but it was only the men who drank whiskey, right? <laughs> So in public, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I, I, and then in the early years of the society, uh, it was, I, I joined pretty early on. So I guess I was relatively young back then. But, uh, but certainly, it was mainly, I would say, older white males. Yeah. I hope I'm not offending anybody, but uh, but that's generally generally the the truth. (laughs) But but, but, but in the last, I would say, 10 years or so, Mm -hmm. if you only looked at the membership in those last 10 years, I would say it's about 60, 40 men, women. Uh, The demographic age-wise is like much lower. I would Mm -hmm. say that most new members are now in their 20s and 30s, you know. Uh, and and I, I mean, particularly in London, which is obviously where, where I am yeah. a lot of the time. I mean, such an international city as is Edinburgh that oh, you absolutely. get that, that you get a whole range of nationalities, and so, some of our, I would say, our, our most regular members in London are, are, are even from this country. You know, from other yeah, countries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, it's, it's, it's completely changed. Completely changed. Absolutely. I, I mean, you can see that I, I was on uh, at a coach there a while ago and I asked who all drinks whiskey and I heard people go, yeah, and then, then I said, hands up, hands up who that was. And pretty much all the people put a hand up were, were, were women. And it was, it's, it's great to see that it, it's opened up that they think they can do it, you know, because when I was a kid, Women would have sat. They'd have had a, a little baby sham or something, you know, yes, it was, it was, yeah. it was some very sort of so, softish drink, nearly, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and they just didn't drink in public. A lot of them drank in the house, no problem. Right. But they, they didn't really do it much. In my, public. My, my, my my mother used to have a little whiskey, top up with lemonade, hug me, put it in a mantelpiece, piece, and then never touch it. <laughs> that was it. Whole, whole night, whole night, never touched it. <laughs> but they uh, now, now that they feel that they can and, and yeah, 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 are enjoying yeah, yeah, the journey, and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's That's accepting, yeah, and you, you try to, you, you always run into the occasional prick that's <laughs> just obnoxious, you know what I mean? You probably sure, run into sure. a lot more than I do, sure. but, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's great. Now, I'll let you go, John. Uh, it's been brilliant, it was lovely catching up with you again. Shall I pipe him out, Marty? Wait, pipe me out. This is this Thank you, everybody. John, thank you very much. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Really, really enjoyable. All the very best. All the best, man. Stay, Take care. Stay there. You soon. Don't, don't go anywhere. We're going to pipe. Okay. We're going to pipe. Okay. You stay. You stay there. We're going okay. To pipe, right? I, I, I was down. I was down at the castle today at at, uh, at Kirkiston Castle, and I, I wanted to actually uh, pipe him out because I thought that would be as twee as anything, but it does work. <laughs> it does. It does work. Oh. By the way, guys. Uh, there you go. We're piping them out. There we are. I don't know what this is. It's probably something completely inappropriate. There you go. <laughs> but 
Listen, we're getting great, great things in. Mark Kerr thought it was a great show tonight again. Hold on, they'll turn that down a wee bit if I can. I've turned it down a wee bit. That's not too bad. Now, Marty, while I was down there, do you know where I went? Do you know where I went when I was down there? Can you guess where well, I went? I'm going to say Kirk- you've possibly heard it over and spotted our friends over doing Dunville's. I, I, I did. I did. I was in there. I was in. I was in. Look at this place here. Look at that place there. Look at those. Uh, their column stills, aren't they? I was right. in Dunville's, and I got my picture taken just to prove that it was there. Look at that there. Look, oh look. God! Look at that bunch of reprobates. I was trying reprobates. to go in, in Cornito, so and they said, "Where were you?" And I says, "We're not joined at the hip." So uh, anyway, that was it. But listen. Uh, oh, by the way, folks, this Thursday night, midnight, Selkie cast strength's coming available. Uh, the, the James let me know, so you, you want to be on that because it'll sell out dead quick. Oh, very heavy peanut uh, Donegal whiskey. So get on to that. So anyway. All right. Guys, all the best. John, you stay you. there for us, John. We're, we're going to sign off now. And remember to comment, like, and share. We're live on Twitch, we're Telegram, Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Anchor and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Just ask your smart speaker to play Irish Whiskey Review, and this one will pop up. Good night. God bless. Slange you bye, guys. God.